Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. And tonight we have a very special guest who will be with us for a short while, and that is Yitzhak Relkin. Mr. Relkin does something very interesting for the Tzorah HaTzibor, for everybody who needs it. He collects uh, chametz before Pesach. And then he sells all the chametz through a rabbi. And then after, and after Pesach, he distributes to anybody who is needy and who feels that they would like to benefit from this chametz. And uh, it's a very neat, simple situation. How he stores it, how he gets it, how long he's going, that's our story for the next few minutes to understand about this project and how you can get, uh, let your chametz go away and, uh, and be used in a, in, a, in a successful way to help Kalai Israel, as opposed to just throwing it in the garbage. I mean, obviously, you half open this and you half open that is not very nice. <laughs> Can't give it away to anybody. I think that they would be they're very suspect if anything's open. But there's so much that people do throw away, and the uh, this is an opportunity. If you listen for the next few minutes, to Mr. Relkin, welcome uh, to Cautious on the Air. Hi, Rabbi Wickler. Thanks for for having me. Um, my project started about six years ago. I was preparing for Pesach myself. I was running errands, and it was trash day, and I saw two complete boxes full of unopened food, you know, packing boxes like you'd see from from pomegranate or something, and I was stunned. So I just took the boxes myself. I took them home, and I sold them with my own chametz. And then after Pesach, I gave them to a family who I knew was hurting financially. And and the baltashkas got me thinking. I started thinking, well, if there's that box, there's got to be more. So I started dreaming up ways to get attention for, for the fact that there's Baltashis. I, I Because I am a crossword puzzle editor for Hamodia, they, they agreed to help me out, and they provided some, some publicity, and, and it started to grow and grow. I mean, the first, the first two years were small. It was like 100 pounds. By the fourth year, it was already getting 3,100 pounds of food. Wow. And just last year, I got 3,900 pounds of food. This year... I'd like to break four thousand pounds of food, and I'm going to need the help of your audience to do that. I think they'll they'll bring the comments to you. Let me ask you a few questions. First of all, I read a little different version, something about a a, a, a some a sanitation man. Yes, well, I I was walking down the street as they were talking, and I noticed the boxes while they were talking about uh-huh. it. So I just I just it's took the them. same story. In other yeah, words. I'm sorry. I it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and the, and and the sanitation men were commenting about how. They don't. They didn't understand the concept of Baltashlis, but they saw that the, the Jews are throwing out uh, some heavy loads for them to take right. care of. Yes. So, what 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 kind of what what was the original chametz that you found? It was mostly typical things that you could you could imagine. I mean, the, the, oh, they put it all into one box. Yeah, it was just all in 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 a, in, a, in a box, and it was all unopened, which was all the more stunning to me. And it was all the things you can imagine. I mean, the three most popular things that that come in and go out the most quickly are flour, flour for yeah. making challahs, cereal, and pasta. And then it's every other type of, of thing that you can imagine. Sometimes I get stuff that's even kosher la Pesach. I, I don't know why people give me that stuff. But. Well, maybe they don't like the heksha, or, or maybe they don't uh, maybe realize they, that it's kosher la Pesach. Maybe they got it in Shalach Manos and it touched comments <laughs> or something. I don't know. There's a lot, there are a lot of people who have that problem, and I, I consider it a problem because they, they, they say that... Uh, 
this can't be put away, this can't be this, and this and that, because it, because it actually touched something. What do you think happens in the store where you bought it? You know, as they're moving the things along, they they have an early time, like about now or a week ago, actually, with the chametz and the and the and the uh, pesach the items were literally next to each other. Now they're getting look whole different sections. Yeah, it, it looks very different to you, but actually, there's no way to guarantee that your kashla pesach thing didn't touch anything in its lifetime. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have any discussions with them about that either way one because as it gets closer to the time it gets very intense you know sometimes during the the last week is when most of the action happens and that's one thing if your listeners are interested in in donating is the earlier the better because it gets so incredibly intense the last couple days it's like sometimes 500 pounds 600 pounds of food is coming in at a time there's a waiting line across the street. Sometimes it's like (laughs) that I mean I'm working 16 hours a day the night before Pesach I don't sleep at all because I, it, the food, come, well, even that night, uh, you know, before Pesach, I guess, as people are doing their own barikas chametz, I don't, it, it comes in till like 11, 12, 1 in the morning, and I don't start cleaning my own apartment till about 2 or 3 in the morning. So, so tell us right now, anyway, how could somebody uh, donate? Um, well, I live in, in Flatbush. My address is 1101 East 3rd. And between that's between I and J, yeah, and because so much food comes in, I cannot do pickups anymore. I did like I did the first year that I did it, but I can't do it anymore. So I asked if people are interested to please uh, come to that address. And if you have any questions, you can either call me, and my telephone number is seven one eight three seven seven six three six one, and my email address is yitzchak at relkin dot com. That's Y I T Z. C H A K at Relkin, R E L K I N dot com. And please put Hametz Gamach in the subject line. So now let me ask you, how do they know what hours you're open? I've been trying to keep as flexible hours as possible. Uh, unfortunately, I'm unemployed right now, so I do have all the time in the world. <laughs> but like, like everyone else, I do have to run errands periodically. So it helps if you call before you want to come. And I'll tell you, you know, if I'll be here. And if I'm not, I live in the basement of a home. So if I'm not at, my, at the home, when you, when you get there, they just leave it on the right side of the house. On the right side of the house, there's a door. That's the entrance to, my, to where I live. And you could just leave it there. And if it's poor weather like it is today, it's raining a little bit, please make sure all of the food in the boxes are in plastic bags or protected, protected from the elements. So let, let's give out the address and the telephone number and the email once, once again. My address is 1101 East 3rd Street. That's between I and J. My telephone number is 718-377-6361. And my email address is yitzchak at relkin.com. Y-I-T-Z-C-H-A-K at relkin, R-E-L-K-I-N.com. Let me ask you this. Uh, what kind of reaction are you getting? Uh, what kind of, a lot of, you know, there must be a few stories over six years. Thank God. It's mostly positive. People are very enthusiastic. The number one reaction is, hey, how come nobody ever thought of this before? And they're very, they're happy that they don't have to throw it away anymore. They're happy that they don't have to give it to someone that they didn't necessarily want to give it to, like Bidi Eved. They, people are just so excited that they are getting actually to participate in this mitzvah. It's not just me that's doing it. It's all the people that are contributing because they're avoiding baltashkis. They're making sure that someone who might be hungry is getting fed. They're, you know, they're alleviating that person's financial suffering. So it's not, it's not just me. It's everybody's involved. 
And do you get some kind of response from the people who are recipients? Uh, well, of course, they're very grateful. Um, they're usually much more low-key about it. I mean, I, they're definitely very thankful and very have a lot of a car as a tov. But I'm not. I, I'm. I'm looking to stay as under the radar as possible. It's. I just want the food to be given out. I want to avoid baltashlis. I want to alleviate that any type of suffering, whether it's the financial, emotional hunger. I, so. I'm not looking for them to even necessarily be thankful of me just to make sure that they're getting taken care of. Beautiful. I just want to throw a few things out to our listeners, which would I, uh, my takeaway from this. First of all, we see that a person without a big organization, without uh, 20 workers, without any uh, major advertising, with no uh, 301, 501-3Cs, judge just because in his own heart, he says, this is something that I could do, and I want to do it. And here you see how one person can de- collect and distribute nearly two tons of uh, foodstuffs. It's not an organization. It's just giving of his own time. And really, every one of us, because the Jewish people of Mali and Mitzvah's Karimon, they're filled up with mitzvahs like a pomegranate. And each person that's listening to my voice really knows that there's one thing that they could do, whatever it is, I don't think they even know what it is yet, but they realize that they could do it too. And the Gamach thing is not new. I just heard Rabbi Victor Miller speak on Motzei Shabbos, because Rabbi Victor Miller, I showed the, the tapes of Rabbi Miller, and, and Rabbi Victor Miller said that in Europe, every city had dozens of these Gamachs, different kinds of Gamach for this, Gamach for that, Gamach for that. The Jewish people, it's not just Haverim and Hatzolo and Abika Choylem, which are wonderful organizations, but anybody could take on and make up a, a, a specific chesed which they could do for Klai Yisrael. And I think, Nisim, you, you've heard on your show with the Chesed Hour, you've heard some very unique situations, haven't you, over the time? Yeah, very much. I'll tell you, but as you said in the beginning, no organization, no CFO, no salary, no thousand, you know. And right. you see, it's, that's it. This is what we believe, you know. That's right. This that's is really right. what we believe. I know we see, we see like Eshel Shabbat, uh, that none of the guys, no, no one's paying, no pay. Every, nothing. Uh, our organization, nothing, you know. Right, <laughs> we, right. we just, I don't, I don't bash nobody. I know other organizations no, are doing yeah, it very to, well, right. but you know. But and it's a wonderful thing it's that a wonderful that Klal Israel, Am Israel is really as uh, the the ability and the the careness about is like this guy and and that's sitting in front of my uh, uh, me right now that he saw something that he uh, right. bothered him, you know. Right. And, and that's where that's the truth. It's got to bother you. The Jew has to be able to see it and and jump in and do it. Uh, it the worst thing in the world is to see it, comment on it and say, later, and then you'll never do it. You have to just jump in there. You see yourself there with Yitzhak Relkin, and, they, and the boxes there. Should I do this? Should I do that? No, I'm going to grab these boxes now, and I'm going to do something with it. That's, that is why he was successful. Had he thought about it, went home, he said, ridiculous, I don't have a van. I don't have this. <laughs> I don't know anybody. I, well, it was a nice idea, but it's over with. That's exactly the problem. I mean, I didn't start this out to, for it to become what it became. I, I just took two boxes. And that, I mean, that's really how the whole thing started. And over the past six years, I've gotten 10,000 pounds of food. Right. So that shows that the people in the community are, are 
caring they about, about the other people in the community. Uh, they're enthusiastic about the fact that they don't have to be involved in Baltashkas by throwing it away. And, and they want, and on some level, they want to see this mitzvah grow too, because people come over and they're they're happy and and they're thanking me for 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 doing it. Right, and I think that uh, many people don't understand they, that that uh, normal. Like I wouldn't go out to the store and buy up a whole bunch of chametz before Pesach, but the store owners, some of them do that. And uh, the caterers, some of them do that. They have a simcha that they have to take care of shortly after Pesach. And they do uh, get that food, go to the rub, and they sell it. Now, that is harder than what you have to do because you don't have, you, doesn't, you don't care about this. You just want to help people. So if some non-Jew would come over on Pesach and say, I'm buying all that. And here's, you know, $10,000. You'd say, fine, I'll give out money. It's even easier I mean, than the food. I, I, I wouldn't be happy because I know I wouldn't be helping people then, but sure, you're No, you're, you're right. giving it out the food, the money instead of the that's, food. That's true. They can I, go I, buy the, whatever they want. They I, don't need the Cheerios box. Maybe they like a different cereal. I never thought of that. That's true. <laughs> so the, you, it really is, it really is not, a, not an issue. I thank you very much for joining us. If anybody wants to call and speak to Mr. Relkin, you can do that now, and then we're going to go on to some of the other pro- program. Uh, inf- information we're doing now. So the studio number, if you want to speak to Mr. Relkin, only about this thing about uh, his project, 718-683-5858. And also, if you want to text us, the text number is 347-927-8398. The, the, the call in is 718-683-5858. We do have a caller that, uh, I'm sorry, some listener who sent in a question um, he asked if the, 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 this Chometz Gemach picks up in other neighborhoods. That's actually a good question. I do have someone that I just started working with in Muncie, as a matter of fact. His name is Gershon Berkowitz, and I only have a phone number for him. It's 845-238-0982. Give it again and the name again. Uh, that's Muncie, and his name is Gershon Berkowitz, 845-238-0982. Um, if anybody else is interested, I mean, I have to admit it is a lot of hard work. But if there's anybody who, in in you know in in Queens, in the, Williamsburg, uh, anywhere else that has the ability to put in a lot of, uh, it's very labor intensive. It's very labor intensive. I do admit that. If there's anybody who has that ability and wants to call me and and talk to me about it, I I would certainly love to explain to you a lot of the details about the best ways, you know, the most efficient ways of, of doing it. You know, it's, I think of myself as a grocery store. I have to organize the boxes in a certain way so that when people come and pick it up, uh, they can find food easier. Um, I have to be very neat and clean in packing the boxes. I, I mean, you know, just lots of details about how, the, how things have to be organized. Um, and if anybody has the kayaches to come, come do that, I would love to speak with them about it. Very nice. Okay. Thank you very much. Mr. Welker, thank you very much for joining us, and we're going to continue with our programming now. Uh, we wish you a Chag Kosher V'Sameach, and may your project grow and in, in, you see in numbers and, and locations, and maybe who knows how, how big this will become as, as other people uh, catches on to other people. Chag Kosher V'Sameach to your audience, too. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the things that, well, I tell you, let's say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, you could think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, 
you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you'll save time by using the valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with those special items you purchased in the store. Some of the items that are on sale now, which means just today and tomorrow, we have some of the, the new items that are coming in, but I'm going to give you first the ones that are on sale right now. They include uh, beef blade London broil at ten ninety nine a pound. Uh, we have Mister Clean and <laughs> got to get ready for Pesach, right? One gallon five ninety nine. And uh, yeah, you're getting ready for Pesach. Chef Star latex gloves, 100 count, 2.99. Hadar vegetable oil or cottonseed oil, your choice, 5.99. Lieber's apple juice, 64 ounce, 179. And those little box drinks that Lieber's and the apple juice drink are 139. And they have uh, ketchup, and I think that's all kashul Pesach. Yeah, it's all kashul Pesach. Talking about Hadar ketchup at 169 for 24 ounces. Noam fro- frozen gefilte fish at four thirty nine, unbelievable price, etc. etc. And if you're in, into uh, Cortland apples as I am, they're right now on sale at fifty nine cents a pound. And starting on uh, Thursday, leading up to Pesach, starting on Thursday, you can get family packed chuck ground beef at four forty nine a pound, chuck eye roast at nine ninety nine a pound. And um, beef neck bones, $3.99 a pound. These are just some of the I- items that are on sale at Glabmart. And at Glabmart, the quality of the meats is A1. With kosher certification from the, both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glabmart, you're getting quality kosher. And I believe that, ba- that all of the meats that they use are base Yosef. You can check it out in the store, but that's what the, I think I believe that's what they say. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dovin Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart on Kashmir's on the Air over J Root Radio. And I want you to know that the extended hours are so late. I don't, you should be asleep before, you, before you're shopping over there. But if you're still around cleaning up the house, they, they're there to sell to you. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit now about some of the things that we need to do to repair the house. Next week, please mark it down. Make sure to join us because next week we have our special guest, Rabbi Rabinowitz from the OU, who, is, who puts out the Kushla Pesach, the actually, I'm saying it wrong, the Passover guide for the OU. And he and I are going to discuss what the, the issues are in the different foods and all your questions about particular food items and etc. can be brought up next week with Rabbi Rabinowitz and myself. So make sure to mark it down, tell people to listen. It's a, one of the high points of the year with us. We always enjoy having Rabinowitz, Rabbi Rabinowitz here. Now, one of the things that comes up is a lot of misunderstanding about the Indian of Bedikas Chametz. Baruch Hashem, everybody knows you've got to make Bedikas Chametz. You've got to check the, for the Chametz. But a lot of people don't know some of the details like, for example, if you're going away, what do you have to do? So some people say, just sell your whole house. Now, I don't think you're really going to sell your house to the non-Jewish fellow who you never saw before and who hasn't given you an offer. And, you know, you can, maybe you can get more from a Jewish guy. So I don't think you're really interested in selling it. What you're doing is you're giving him permission to come in and to look around for the chametz. 
But if we're talking about chametz is a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, a little bit there, that's not going to be fair. And most of the rabbanim will not write down just all the chametz in the house. They want you to put it into specific locations. So if you have cabinets in the kitchen, it's cabinets in the kitchen. If you have cabinets elsewhere with food in it, mention those. You know, they, whatever wherever you're going to really put the chametz, and the chametz you put in there. Does it mean you have to check your whole house? The answer is you don't have to check your whole house if you're going away for Pesach. But there is a big problem. And most people um, you know, are unaware of what I'm going to say now. And that is that if in Pesach you're going to come back any day, in Cholamoy, whatever, then the whole, you have a major problem. Because if you didn't make a Bedikas Chometz at all, or if you even you made a Bedikas Chometz in one room, but you're going to go into the other rooms, in order to spend time in there, to sleep there, to stay there, and for, even just coming in, it should have been, had a Bedikas Chometz on that particular room. So if you're going for the whole Pesach, yes, you could make Bedikas Chometz on one room in the house. Your choice. And you're giving permission to the non-Jew to walk into that spot. And you're, and you're storing up chametz in particular cabinets. It's fine. You don't need to worry about it. And you really don't need to worry about the carpets, other than if some kids just ate pretzels, uh, Erev, I mean, I'm sorry, they were there for the Shabbos, Agadol, because they, they, they didn't want to clean up their own house and they came to you to visit, or uh, something like that, or they, they live there and they, and they ate pretzels all over the place. Okay, then maybe you have a problem, you have to clean the thing up properly. But nobody is able to guarantee that their carpets don't have one crumb of hummus. And if you be honest, the, the, if you have a carpet and you're a normal family, you definitely have some hummus in your carpet. But so what? It's not edible. No one's going to stick their fingers down there and take up a piece of hummus from the floor like that. That's not uh, the way we conduct ourselves. And so it, it's, it's a no-brainer. However, if you're going to go, come, so if, we come, if, you, if it's significantly dirty, of course, then maybe there's a whole, uh, a whole pretzel. I remember one year that we found a, a whole piece of bread, I believe, in one of my children's snowsuits. And we didn't, weren't aware of it until it got cold and we put the kid in the, in the snowsuit. And then all of a sudden, my mother-in-law, Lashalm, reached in and saw there was a piece of hummus there. And we had to go into action immediately, take it into the street and, or, or, or burn it. I don't know exactly what we did. Or, or we just flush it down the toilet. Whatever we did, we had to uh, in, instantly react. The better way is to destroy it, not to just put it in the street. Uh, to destroy it, you can put it into the into the garb, into the, uh, the toilet and, and flush it. If it's a big piece, you have to break it up a little bit because they don't want it to get clogged. Or you burn it or something like that. You have to destroy it. That's the key of what on Pesach. So, yeah, you have to do something immediately. That's true. And if it's Yom Tov, you have to cover it over and you bottle it and you do this and you do that. And But then after Yom Tov is over, you have to take care of it. So that's, yes, that or Shabbos. That's definitely what, uh, but on Shabbos, you could destroy it too in the toilet just as we do on Shabbos that is Erev Pesach. We have any crumbs that are left over from the Shabbos meals, we can put into the toilet and you know, make it small in little pieces and, and, dis- and destroy it that way. So just to repeat, if you're going away, then make sure you make a bedik on one room. Secure all the real chametz. You don't have to clean everything the way you do it 
in another year because you're not going to be there. But then you can't be there because if you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I'm probably going away for the whole Pesach or I'm going for Pesach, but I'm coming back for a day. Once you're coming back, you need to make a bedik on any area of the house that you're going to be using. That's basically how that works. Now, the question about bedik itself is, of course, uh, an interesting topic. Why in the world do we need a bedik as chametz? Because you know and I know that we make a, a bittel. We get up in the morning early before, uh, before Pesach, and we, we burn the chametz that we have in, in, in a bag, and then afterwards we say a bittel, and we, we nullify in our own mind completely anything that's chametz that we happen to have owned. And that, that bittel really works. So why in the world would you need to make a bedika and to make sure you get every drop of the chametz out when you can just get away with, with uh, being mevatalit? So Tyson's asked that question. Anyway, there are basically two answers. You're not necessarily going to have in mind to make all of the expensive chametz hefka. That's what this gentleman, Yitzhak Rolkin, was here before is talking, talking about. It's very possible that you really didn't want to make it a bittel. And you see that with a, a person who owns a lot of chametz, let's say the caterer or the, uh, he learns the caterer or the, uh, the, 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 the businessman who has a store and he's going to sell chametz after Pesach. It's hard for him to let that stuff really go because he knows that people are coming to him right after Pesach and they're going to be buying chametz and they're looking for that store to be open with chametz. If he's cleaned out of his chametz, if he didn't have that chametz, he may be in trouble with his whole business for all year long. So there's a, a reticence to, to really be, to nullify it. So if you get it all out, or if you really sell it and it's no longer yours, then at least you have those, those options. The other one is, we're concerned, Tosas points out, that you might see chametz on Pesach, on your property, and you're going to fall into the habit and, and grab it and eat it. Because a, lot of pe- because a lot of people, when you see something, you forget it's Shabbos, you forget it's Pesach, you forget it's this, you forget it's that, and they throw it in their mouth. So it could happen, especially if a person's very tired, he woke up early, whatever it is, he said, uh, I mean, maybe the man got to go to Shul Dadavim, whatever the thing is, in the afternoon, whatever it is, if he sees something, he is tempted to actually eat it. Will our people do that today? Probably not. But it could happen by rote, just like people turn lights on on Shabbos, not realizing that they're doing it. That could happen here too. People are not totally in control of their actions. They are, we, are, we are people of habit. So that's a reason why we make a, uh, why we make a bedika. Now the bracha on the bedika that we make at night, goes on the, the destroying of the chametz in the morning. It says, I'll be your chametz. We don't say, I'll bedikas chametz. There's no bracha on bedikas chametz. So that if a person finds nothing, and he has some pieces that he saved around or whatever it is, but he finds nothing. So it's not that the bedika was a failure. He's a success. He's burning the chametz in the morning of Pesach. And if he doesn't have any chametz, let him acquire some and burn it because he's supposed to make the mitzvah of beer chametz. And that's a mitzvah in the Torah, Tashbisu, Saormi, Batechem. 
And that a person should try to have hummus and destroy it. Okay, so the women don't do it, probably they, the men do it for them. Maybe some of the girls have time for it. A lot of people are so busy. Whatever they do, so you can mozi them, whatever the deal is. Uh, but, but, the, but you're supposed to try to have some chametz and actually destroy it. So if you didn't sign anything in the house, you go over to another person and say, listen, I need a piece of chametz to burn, and they'll give you a piece, make sure it's a kezayis, and then you have it burnt. But if it's a big kezayis, make sure it's completely burnt. A lot of people do not know properly about burning of the chametz. That's one of the things I've seen over the years. They take a big bagel, wrap it up in a piece of aluminum foil, and throw it into the fire. Now, not, it doesn't get done. It doesn't get done. I don't care how long you left it there, it doesn't get done. It doesn't get destroyed. The outside may char, but it take a long time. Since it's in a protective thing like the aluminum foil, you have to remove it from any aluminum foil and throw it into the fire. But the bagel is the hardest thing to get to burn. It's amazing. I don't know what's it's got to do with the dough and the size and the shape. I don't know. Whatever it is, to get a bagel burnt is like a miracle. And if you'll see, you stay around there and ask the person who's helping you with the fire or going to, going to public fire, whatever, and you ask him, poke that bagel. You'll see he pokes the bagel, and inside it's white, like, an, like just it came out of the oven. It has not burnt. It takes forever. And you know something? They're in a rush because pretty soon it's going to be this manabir and they want to finish it and close it out. So what's the big deal? It's destroyed. I'm not going to eat it. I, I, I said, I said the, uh, the kol chamira, so it's not in my possession. That's all true. But if you didn't destroy the chametz, so then you didn't get the mitzvah of tashbisus or mibatechem. If you still have a bunch of chametz and you say, well, you know, I forgot to bring this over to have it destroyed. You know what I'll do? I'll be mavatalit. And then I'll take it and put it into the garbage can, of uh, the public garbage can. So or put it in the street, whatever. So you didn't, you don't own it anymore. But you didn't get the mitzvah of tashbisu, which is the, it's, it's the whole concept here to actually destroy the chametz. So the best method, as we're saying, is Take small pieces, don't make it like a big, big, big thing. Don't take a, a bagel. Don't use the metal, uh, the aluminum foil. When you throw it in, make sure that it's completely burnt. And after that, say, kol chamira. So that's a lot of work. And therefore, you got to get a little earlier to the, to the, the burning of the chametz. You're going to come the last minute, you're the last one there. The chances are you're not going to get that mitzvah doraisa of tashbisu soor mi You won't do any avarice but you won't necessarily get the mitzvah of Tash Bisu. Now, somebody says to me, he just, he just uh, emailed us, if you find chametz, it was included in the Mechira. So that's a very interesting thing. According to that, then nobody gets the mitzvah of uh, beer chametz because the rabbi probably sold the chametz before this man beer. So the answer to that is very simple. Don't include that in the sale. That's in a little bag. That's what, that's what the Chazal said, and that's what's in all the Svarim, the Shulchan Aruch. Keep it in a separate bag. They want you to elevate it from the ground so no animals can jump on it. Whatever, you put it in a safe place. The next morning you know that you have everything that was in there. 
and then you get throw that out. That should not be sold with the Mechiritz Hametz. But of course it's not really sold because you're not putting it in that closet. And then almost every single one of the Rabbanim requires you put in the specific closets, this and that, wherever you, wherever you want to designate. But the fact that you're going around with a bag in your, in your pocket or your, in your hand, that is not part of the Mechira. And even though the Mechira usually takes, it takes place before the Biur, but still in all, you're not including that in there, and you should definitely not include it. You should make sure that you have in your possession, means own, the, enough that we call a kezayis, and destroy it, Arab Pesach. I know a lot of people don't do this. And then there's a lot of people, the men who are going to the work, and they can't have time to do it, they give it to their wives to do. I hope they were doing it properly. I don't know if they, if they, if they were trained on it either. These are things that um, you didn't see it, so you have to learn now. <laughs> So again, we're going to try to make sure that all of our, uh, uh, that, we, that we have some chametz in our possession on the morning of Erev Pesach and actually destroy that in a fire because it, it has to be destroyed. The Gemara discusses it in the fire or in the, in the water and you put it into the yam. Okay, this is the way we get it to the yam. It eventually gets there. So this is, these are the only two major ways that we destroy something. Throwing in the street is bittle. It's getting rid of it, but it's not performing the mitzvah of tashbisu, which literally means to destroy. That's your chiv. Uh, I want to say that the... Um, we have I didn't know. I I'm know. sorry. Okay, yeah? One, one okay. Second. So first of all, it... Okay, before we take the call, one second. I have a beautiful question here. And it, and it rings very clearly. Somebody sent in, you shouldn't make people think that they're, trans, they're transgressing baltashlis by destroying their chomets. Rabbi Zimmerman Zatzal, who was my Rebbe, emphasized in his Pesach Shurim that there's no Easter. Correct. It's really not an Easter. But the concept is there. So that if you can avoid destroying something and you can perform a, an act of chesed with it, that obviously uh, trumps, excuse the expression, trumps the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the idea of, of, of destroying it. I mean, of letting it get destroyed. If I can get to a chesed to another Jew, well, why, why, I, don't, I don't have to. So it's not baltashlis, correct. But it's the concept. It's not the Easter, but it's the concept. And therefore, if I lose an opportunity to help another Jew, in a certain sense, I've lost out. But ain't a chanami. Feel free to throw everything out. And Rav Zimman Zatzal taught us, any time you are giving up something to perform a mitzvah or a chumrah or whatever it is, it is not Baal Tashvis. Every dollar you pay extra for a Hamish product that you're buying because you want a, sim- a higher hashkacha, you want a higher kashvis, every penny is a mitzvah. It's not a waste. 100%. But if I don't have to spend it, if I don't have to lose it, if a Jew can get it, I'm sure of Zim would let me give it to another Jew. Whether he likes this mechir or not, between you and I, and Mr. Welkin's not here now, but, but, but my Rebbe Zatzal was not in favor of selling real hummets. Okay, but if you but, have but, a but, bunch of, you know, that's a, right. all the question like this is like, if you have a really large amount of uh, this, what are we doing in the, in the supermarket? Right. What are we doing on this? It's happening all day long. It's open, it's open every day. You know? and, you, and 99% of the people that I'm, listening, that I'm speaking now are putting something in those closets. It's no question because, you know, <laughs> we are in a generation of 
cells, you know. So you have a cells of, um, you know. So they stocked so up, stocked but they have up, some left know, over. They don't want to throw it out. I understand. Exactly. Let's take the call. Okay, so, okay. hello, you're on the air. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. I'm on the air? Yes, you are. I want I want to know if um, Safer Tarakay is a... No, no, I, I can't answer those questions. I love it. I love you calling and I love you listening, but I can't answer those on the radio about which hashkochas to use. Let me explain something to you. I just had, I just got an email from you. Ready? Somebody in jail. I get, I get letters from from people in jail all the time. And this is a person I never heard of. I don't know if he's a Jew or he's a goy. I have it actually in my pocket, but I'm not going to read the, the details to you. I just want to you to hear. To me, Mr. question he asks, he said, is this Hashgacha and that Hashgacha, two, two Hashgachas, are they reputably kosher certifying agencies and are they being overseen by Orthodox rabbis? So what I answered him is, and what I want you to understand is, that to say that they're not good or whatever it is, that's, that's really unfair for me to say. But what I told him is, especially he's in jail, I told him, that these are reputable organizations, but they're not tier one. That means the highest level. They're tier two. They're on a little bit lower level in, in, in the perception of people. So I didn't say it really is lower. I said people perceive it as lower. Personally, I consider it lower. But the point is, hey, the guy in jail can't get anything else. Now, let's say, for example, you're in your house and your parents are serving something. So if you can go ahead and you could be careful and discuss it with them, what you should do is go to your own rabbi or call any kashrus organization. Or if you want, you'll call me and I will answer you over the phone, but not on the, on the radio because I don't want to mislead anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. But if you want to call me, you can. 718-336-8544. Even leave a message and I'll call you back. Okay? We're, what yeshiva are you in? I'm on. Thank you very much for listening. Okay. See that? We have a young man who's going to be, a, I hope, a big Ben Torah, and, he's, and he takes his kashras very seriously. That's the one thing that I've seen, that the people do take their kashras very seriously. But we are in a very spoiled generation, and people don't remember the way Pesach used to be, and they don't want to give up anything. If you would see the list of products in the store and compare it with the list of products that were in the store when I was growing up, or uh, your parents growing up, or whatever it was, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, the number has, has gyrated up to a ridiculous number so that everybody goes shopping for Pesach as if there's nothing in their house. And then they go shopping a few weeks later for the summer as if there's nothing in the house, and there isn't because it's a, it's a summer home. And then they go shopping again when they come back. And they spend in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to re for, to get new things in. Now, of course, they don't throw out any packages. I understand that. But the, 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 the concept that you just keep buying new things, it destroys the whole flavor of Pesach. The flavor of Pesach was to make things from scratch, to deal with, to make do, to do with, deal with what you have, to be innovative. That was the Pesach of the past. And unfortunately, our young people are not growing up with that. They don't see that. They have so many cookbooks with so many ingredients that I've never even taken into my house during the year. And that all kosher la Pesach, that they, they've really lost sight of the beauty of a Jew making do on Pesach, eating matzah, 
eating things that are simple, uh, going back to the basics, it's all over. Uh, what can I do? Thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Okay, you have, hello, you're on there. Yes, hello. Oh, go ahead. You're, you're on the, I can't see the, the thing. Okay. Yes, yeah. I, I, I would like to have a question. Why, after all the pastures that all you is doing and everybody, why there must be a bar part of the store that must be selling Hulustam or anything Stam with today's world? The pastures have so many yogurts, so many milk. Why okay. does it need for it? Okay, well, let, me, let me tell you. Has an let issue me, with I, that. Very good question. That's an excellent question. When, when, when the whole room, uh, however much of Einstein, yeah. was only giving it to the evidence, and selling it at Borough Park, when there's so many good cashers to get stuff, whole frigidaires of frigidaires, one after the other, with other the product, why do we need to sell Hulu right. Farm and Hamish Grocery? Excellent. You want to hear the answer? Okay, here's the answer. Because it sells. Now, there may be non-Jews buying, and it could be that in some cases, and this I know for a fact, that the company that sells the Chal of Yisrael sells also the Chal of Stam. In some cases, not in some cases not, but in some cases they sell different varieties, and they want to try to get it in here. They feel if they sell a little bit of it, it lifts their sales. So they do that. Now, the owner of the store does not have to do that. The owner of the store can say, I'm not taking any of that in here. But they I mean, there's only one store is doing it. The whole bar pocket about 400 groceries. Nobody's doing only one store and thinks it makes them greater. The store makes more sales. I mean, I see the other groceries that it's far my, my concern doing much better sales than selling. There's no real who's bar pocket needs it. Why well, do you have to I, bring I, in I, you have new, to wake up. Yeah. Things, you you know, have to, to wake up and realize that the there buy, are. You know, not, you have to even wake, with, with other than you. I hear you. But uh, you have to wake up and realize that even Borough Park has many non-Jewish people going through there. If you go on to 13th Avenue, you'll see many people who are not Jewish shopping there. We, we, Agreed. So we brought them in. So they're used to the other things. They don't want to buy everything of ours. It's so funny to me to see the, uh, a non-Jewish person, obviously non-Jewish person, I'm not going to discuss any races, but then obviously non-Jewish person who's, who's buying Chalv Yisrael milk. And, you know, and maybe, maybe they really even want it. Maybe they think it's nicer or something. But, but really... That's not them. So if the store wants to have more things for yeah, those my people. My question is, there's not a problem with the uh, Michel right. some kids doesn't realize and they take it from the fridge but, from Hall of Stam and they bring right, it but home and the, the mother and the father didn't realize Hall of Stam and they will never, ever, ever right. put it in their mouth. So, that, so this is some, that, this is only one store. There's nobody else doing it. Okay, this I mean, is KRM some... is also enough big, and KRM also have people coming in over there, non-Jewish people. They're selling what they have. That's what I right. have. I would, tell, I would tell you, you could speak to the owners and, and, and put well, a little pressure. The reason pressure. I bring it up to their attention, because I would like, as you in the car said, I would like you should talk about it. Because I don't care. It's not for me personally. Yeah, but, yes, but I you understand. Think it's something important to bring it up. Yeah, I understand. But, but let's say, leave, let's leave the Chal of Stam out for just one minute. Then we get to Pas Palter. Then we get to Yoshin. Then we get to this and that. We get, we get the specifics. And what I do, you're going to call good and the right standard. And what you do is the wrong standard. It, it doesn't really do too well. The Chal of Stam Chal in the Chal of Yisrael, especially in Borough Park, I agree with you. But I, I'll quote Rabbi Belsky Zatzal. And I don't necessarily say I'm agreeing with it, but he, this is what he said. He said it in the public gathering. He said... If there are people who want our hashkocha for chol of stam, then we're going to offer them chol of stam. This is Rabbi Belsky, who himself would never eat any chol of stam, but he understands we have to satisfy the needs of the people that want it. Now, 
The owner of the store could easily say, no chal of stam in the store, and then it would be over with. But he's not doing that. You can bring it up to him. You can take 10 friends of yours and make complaints, but you can't stop it. And I, I, I always love to tell the classic story where uh, in the middle of Borough Park, I'm not telling you where, <laughs> in the middle of but I mean the middle of Borough Park, there's a... Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a uh, uh, supermarket that's still there. This is from 30 years ago, this story. And what they, would do, they were selling marshmallows. In those days, marshmallows for Pesach were 100% not kosher because they were made out of gelatin from non-kosher animals. But they were called kosher gelatin based on a heter from, okay, but let's not get into the details. So they called it kosher gelatin, and nobody at all from would buy that. And the packages sat there all Pesach. And maybe one or two got bought. So we, we went in and why are you doing this? So they said, because the distributor makes us do it. He said, I'm putting it here. I'm not taking it back. After Pesach, if it doesn't sell, I'll take it back. But I must show that I'm in all these stores. And all over Bar Park, they were selling these. They were, used to be called MS Kosher. That was the name of the, of the marshmallow company, MS Kosher. I don't know if it's still out. E-M-E-S. And it, it was from uh, gelatin that was not done from kosher animals. And, and it, was, it was being sold in the middle of Borough Park. That's unfortunately business. Now, the owner of the store, some, in some cases, can auction ice and he can say, I'm not going to let it be in my store. Thank you very much for the call. Have Thank a hot for Sameach. Another caller? Okay, you're on cautious on the I can't see Yes, the, hi. The, yeah. Two questions. One, we got a salafman from somebody, uh, this candy lemon head. Yes. We and mentioned it on the, we no mentioned it on the, the air. As a matter of fact, the kids in my class. Yeah, but we mentioned it on the air. It, and we looked for it, and then yeah, we I know, but we, it. I, and so, we uh, mentioned it on the air. We talked about this on the air. The company is not called Lemonhead. The company is, uh, is a different name of the company. And what they, they have... Hashkocha called the Upper Midwest Kashras, or they call it another name now. Um, and uh, that Hashkocha is not on all the packaging. So some of the boxes are under Hashkocha, and some of them are not under Hashkocha. And you have to see that little teeny weeny symbol on the box, or it's not certified. Okay, so then uh, something else regarding this gentleman who just called. I know which store is that in Borough Park, and I appreciate at least they put it on separate aisle with big signs on top that says Chalavstam. There are some Jews who st- eat Chalavstam, but there are stores in Borough Park that they have the Chalavstams mixed with the regular, and I went to the owner and said, that's not, that's not right. If you want to sell it, at least separate them. Why you have them mixed? So what and they then say? something else came up. No, 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 no. What, what did he say? What did he say? Tell, tell us what he said. I'm sorry? Tell us what he said. He said, oh, that's interesting. I consider it. One second. <laughs> so, but, but, I don't know. I did you, go, you have to go now. No, uh, one second. Ma'am, one, one second. see if really he did it. Oh, but that's the it. other store, I appreciate that at least they put it in a separate um, aisle, and it's a separate fridge, and it's named clear, uh, clearly on top. So what was it? One second. Across, it? <laughs> somebody offered me um, bread. Okay, so ma'am, but now you have to do is you have to go back to that store. Oh, you did. I thought that was uh, the rabbi made the gazera that nobody should make uh, milchik bread. 
Okay, you, we, uh, you're asking too many questions at once and not letting me answer. The question. The <laughs> no, question. No, was a comment that some people, some Jews, do eat chalavstam. But I appreciate at least that story that this gentleman was mentioning. At least they put that chalavstam in a separate uh, fridge with clearly um, mar- marked chalavstam. But there are other stores that they have it mixed with other with with uh, Israel ones, and that's not good. That's really something should be addressed. Okay, but you can do something about it, and you have. I, res- I talked to the owner. No, 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 no. You you have to go back and be very clear. You know, this is something that I feel very passionate about. This is something, I don't care about it for myself because I know the difference and I'm watching, but a lot of people are being misled. And I want to see that you change it. And I'll tell you, quite honestly, if you don't change it, I can start stopping elsewhere. I really want you to take care of this. You could put pressure on them and you'd be surprised how one person or two people, but not you don't have to have a whole avalanche of complaints, but one person could actually change this, but you have to bother them because they don't really care. And that's that's the thing. You have to show them, say, go to that other store, look at it. That's the way it should be. That's what you should be doing. If you have a conscience, that's what you should be doing. You have to bang them away a little bit until they listen to you. Now, what, was the, what about the OUD bread? So OUD bread this does not exist. This is a much exist. bigger problem because There's I, no I OUD really just uh, thinking Ma'am, there's no OUD bread. If it says OUD on a bread then the OU says that's not authorized. Now, what happens is that all of the breads that are made in a certain plant are under the shkoch of the OU. So if they're making parva breads, milchik breads, whatever it is, technically all the ingredients have to be kosher. So if the OU is on that factory, in effect, it's on everything. But they told them you can't put OUD on it. Now, if they did, then they're in violation of the agreement that they had. And the OU will announce this is an unauthorized OU. The company is supposed to put only KD, which means it's no name on there, no name brand. In reality, it, it is run under the hashkoch of the OU for the whole plant, but that bread is not authorized to be OU. So right. that's what's supposed to be. Now what happens, what happens is that sometimes it's not a real bread. The OU will say, this is not a bread. This is a snack food. It and was it, a bread. I know. It was a package of bread. I just forgot the uh, If you find it, it's an unauthorized OU. You should let me know or the OU know, and they'll take the OU off of it. it doesn't I'm going to go double check it, and I call but you But what back. happens is that sometimes it's not called bread. So they, 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 get, they change it. They say, listen, an English muffin... Is not really bread. It's a, it's a different kind of a thing. That's what they tell you. It was a sliced whole wheat bread. It was okay. a sliced bread. If it really it was w- exists, else. if it really exists that way, call me up seven one eight three three six eight five four four, and it will not be in that store anymore, and it will not be sold anymore. I'm telling you, I got everything off the shelves when I have to, and I'm I'm sure that the EOU doesn't know about it, or they would get it off the shelves. All right, thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you. If anybody else wants to reach, is anybody else there? No, no. Okay. Um, I want to say about the point that you raised about the, the burning the chametz. Yeah. From my experience, you know, even if regular regular pita, regular pita, it doesn't burn so quickly. Right. You know, it takes you have to smash it and basically peel the, the layer after layer and take time. 
but this is all the fun about it. And you I shouldn't say the kol chamir until it's actually burnt. Uh, and I want to tell you, this is really something. It's all for me. It's it's a big big uh, time to burn the chametz. You have a lot of kavanot. You have a burning. It's it's take time. Right. But it's beautiful. And put the the the, the lulav and uh, you know. Right. Right. I mean, it's a shame when some people don't even bother to go and they just hand it to somebody else to take it over. They should really be there themselves and, and realize what this symbolizes. Thank you very much for that. Okay, uh, I see we have a few questions that are coming in and on general nature, even though we're supposed to be doing only about Pesach. And next week we have Rabbi Rabinowitz who will be here dealing with Pesach uh, products from the OU and in general, and we'll answer all the questions about specific products, what can be used and can't be used for Pesach. So make sure to tune in next week. If you're interested in getting Kashrus Magazine's Pesach issue, where a lot of information that is not available elsewhere, call us at 718-336-8544. You can also ask for our last-minute Pesach alerts. There's no charge for that at all. And you could just send an email to Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Again, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Just write in the subject line, Pesach Alerts, and we'll send you a copy of our Kashrus Monthly with all the latest information dealing with Pesach as it comes up. So we still didn't print that. We'll do it, be doing it very soon. There's a lot of interesting things that are there that uh, you, you probably didn't know about. Okay, go ahead. Did I get a caller? No, okay. Uh, we lost this, unfortunately, somehow. <laughs> And if you can open it up, it's fine. I don't know what all the questions there were there. We just have a couple minutes left. Uh, so let me just tell you that one of the things that comes up about the uh, Bidikas Hametz is when somebody's a guest in somebody else's house. Now, if, you go rent, if you're renting a hotel, then you're going to have to check that hotel room because you actually own that hotel room, rented it for that particular, thank you, that, 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 that somebody wrote, yeah, you rented it for that particular time, so it's, it becomes yours. But when you're a guest in somebody's house, it's a little bit different. However, the owner of the house should have checked the rooms, and you should make sure, especially if you're coming into his house right before Shabbos, right before Yom Tov, whatever, so you should make sure that he has actually done the bedikah, uh, the night before on that room, even though you're staying there. You shouldn't be doing it so late in the day. And that's that's uh, one of the common misconceptions that people have about how to handle it. In general, people should realize that they could have real chametz in the house, even though they didn't think of it. They could have real chametz in their cause. They could have real chametz in everything that they came in contact with. And it's our responsibility to make sure that it's not there. So that when Pesach comes in, when we're doing B'dikas Chometz, the night of B'dikas Chometz, it's appropriate to go to your car, take a look around. And on many occasions I've found something there, even though I have kids who cleaned it up beautifully, but sometimes you'll find something in the car. If you, um, if you have uh, something at school or at the office that has to be checked before you leave the last day. Now, if it's during your daytime, you don't make a bracha, but you can do the whole thing with the, the with fat candle, etc. Uh, of course, you can you know, if you turn the lights off. There's light in the room, so still you're not going to be seeing it from the light of the of the candle. But whatever you can, you could do, and uh, and you can do at least a uh, uh, small bedika there. And if you have a garage where you store things, and sometimes you have uh, animals bring things in, or you put things in there, the real chametz stick, 
So you'll have a look around the night of Badika's Hametz. Make sure to go to the garage. Make sure to go to the car. And make sure you've secured the places where you work and the schools before that time. So without further ado, I'm going to wish you everybody but next week, don't miss it. Tune in at the, J, at the J Root at the, the same time, 6 to 7, and we'll have our special guest, Rabbi Nochem Rabinowitz discuss, from the OU, discussing all of the questions you have about specific products, and then you can mention the name of the product. You can mention, we're not going to get into whether this Hashgacha is a good Hashgacha that I'm not going to do next week either, but we're going to be able to explain a lot of things to you and, and answer all of your questions. So please keep listening, and uh, until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. If you want to reach us during the week to discuss anything, the telephone number is 718-336- 8544, and the email address, kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com.